best not miss. Well, I'm a bunch of little crowd playing motherfucker, motherfucker. Welcome to the Party Pal, the mind-bending film and television podcast you didn't know you needed. I'm one of your hosts, Michael Shields, here with part of the Welcome to the Party Pal team. You know him, Mitch Lucas. Mitch, how you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me back. I've I've, I've survived <laughs> your show as much as mine. Survived my another round. Yes, exactly, exactly. We can't we can't get enough really. Um, here today we are. Uh, about to talk about Nomadland, a film directed by Chloe Zhao, based on the book by Jessica Bruder and starring Frances McDormand. It is about a woman named Fern, who after losing everything in the Great Recession, embarks on a journey through the American West, living as a van dweller, um, basically a modern day nomad. Um, you know what? I'm seeing the phrase now, the Great Recession. I, I didn't realize till recently that's what that big recession, that's that's what we've settled on a name for the recession. Yeah. <laughs> I, I either didn't feel like it was, I, I don't know if I knew the, the weight of it at the time, mm. but I do remember the word Great Recession. I felt like it was a little forced back then, to yes. be honest with you. I was like, are we trying to make this a word now? Yes, we're um, trying to beat out the the the... the the depression. No, but I mean, it makes sense. I mean, if you look back in, in hindsight of just of, of uh, what so many people went through and, and the, num- the numbers add up for a big title. You know what I mean? It's, it's hard to know. It's hard to know when you don't have any money and you think it's because you just aren't working very hard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It might have been because there just weren't as things weren't going well. But, you know. Absolutely. No, I was, I was, I was a young kid with like, you know, I was. I was scratching, um, you know, quarters together out there having fun in the world, and I, I just, I didn't know better. But, um, you know, it's, it's you're right. That was, I guess we're saying that was kind of above our head, and, and a lot of, you know, who was really dealing with that um, in a major way was the boomers. And what yeah. we have here is a, a story um, about the baby boomer, boomer generation, um, and kind of, you know, what it means as they. They grow older and um, kind of look at their life and, you know, make decisions, um, whether forced or not, how to spend uh, the tail end of it. And it's, it's um, you know, it's kind of very thoughtful on their decisions of, of um, you know, what it all means when, when things kind of start fading away on many levels. Yeah, I, I now that you say that, it does, it, it does have that sense of this is a, this is a baby boomer film. And the mm. young people in this film are really outsiders. Um, w- when we come Definitely. across, you know, these nomads that are sort of a young couple that are, you know, rebelling against their family or rebelling against their lives, they're they're more the secondary characters, and it's really all about Definitely. these people who've had a life, and now in the second, the second or third act of their life, they're finding it difficult to know what the next stage is. Yeah, there's a lot of seeking and yearning, and uh, on this journey, and, and and you know that's very relatable for 
anyone you know who's who's thoughtful enough to to be trying to figure out um you know what it's all about i, I this one you know you know i'm sure we're going to touch on what we liked or didn't like but uh you know this may this this is it compelled me to thinking on a lot of ways and and um you know it's it, it, in, a, in a very deep manner which is good but i, I do want to say this before we really get going um you know uh this might sound a little odd actually but this really made me miss theaters that is um you know that's kind of like the type of film weirdo uh, i am it you know it isn't so much the the blockbuster experience which which i definitely am here for and i miss terribly in movie theaters but some of the kind of softer so to speak movies like this with you know, sprawling landscapes and uh, gorgeous soundscapes that envelop you in a deeply emotional narrative. The kind of, to me, the affectivity of seeing a film as as gorgeous and, and, you know, I found it moving as this on the big screen is something I really, really loved. And I was I always liked, um, you know, kind of the quieter, more thoughtful movies on a big screen experience. And that really, it made me miss. I'm like, I want to see this. I wanted to see this in the, in the, in the theaters. It still hit to me, but yeah, that it really made me think of that. Well, I do think that the, the vast landscapes in the flatlands, um, that negative space, there's a lot of negative space in this film yeah. in terms of a, a person really being, um, drowned or, or just sort of being, um, really uh superimposed by their landscape and their environment in the the desert and the the plains and that would have really played well almost like a you know this would have played well on a on a panorama or you know a 70 millimeter type of viewing experience uh the good news is you know uh there's some light there so it, it it's almost the opposite of bittersweet it's a possibility for what may be able to happen uh you know we we this maybe this movie can give us a little bit of hope that that could happen you know definitely we're on the doorstep i'm 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 feeling feeling very positive in that way though um you know i um i can't wait to talk about the acting some 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 of the the filmmaking here that this director but i mean i i just what struck me right off the uh right off the bat was um you know it just it's this is just such a story uh, uh, of America and it's kind of like the it almost felt like a, a tale uh, um, that would be told at the end of an empire and in I guess you know it, it I guess not all nomadic life and I think that's important to state in in, in any way is it um, you know all about economic desperation that's definitely part of it some of the nomads and we'll get to how there was real nomads in this and and you know a lot of real life influence but um you know it 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 did speak to to you know what some people have to do to get by and you know but also when looking at it as an american story i mean it also could be looked at as an ode to america the beauty and the 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 landscapes we were talking about i mean there's crashing waves in northern california there's these mountainscapes the badlands i mean it journeyed us around the west in a way that was just kind of uh, jaw-dropping it was really an american tale on 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 all sorts of levels really yeah it really had a it now that sometimes when i listen to you say such wonderful things i i start thinking of things that weren't in my head before but it, you, well, as you talk about that it reminds me of Richard Avedon's In the American West is a photography book that is very very uh, beloved by me where he went across the the the, uh, the southwest on the highway and 
found people who were either uh, transients or he might go into town and ask people to, to pose for fo- for uh, portraits up against a white screen that he had you know taken well, with him and you know he, they, I think this film really captures some of that rawness uh, especially by which is something I really want to talk about when we get to it but the the real the real people uh, and their performances uh, it, it's you know really one of the strongest parts of the film for me let's go that direction I and mean, we'll back up a little bit and then go right that direction because uh, you know this was um, you know Jessica Bruder was um, she was working for Harper's magazine and she wrote an article that led to her um, writing a book, and it was the book was called *Nomadland: Surmi- Surviving America in the 21st Century*, and that's kind of what I was talking about about you know America and economic, economic uh, desperation and and you know the lives we live um, are forced to live in, in some ways. But you know, so her book is a real life story, and and Francis, and we're going to be talking a lot about Francis moving forward, but her. Uh, she 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 was drawn to this. This this is her project. She uh her and Peter Spears they um optioned the books, and eventually found the director who is um, Chloe Zhao. She did the writer and songs. My brother taught me. So and, this was really uh, Frances McDormand's sort of project that she spearheaded yes. along with mm-hmm. a, a writer. Okay. Yep, absolutely. And so when they uh you know they reached out to this director and 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 I I, I don't know this for a fact, but I'm sure they know you know, how, you know, Chloe operates. And one of the things she does is she loves casting non-professionals. This isn't the first time in the writer. Um, you know, it's something she did there. And so the, this is a perfect uh, place to source, you know, it being a nonfiction book. And they were going to tell a fiction narrative within this nonfiction world. You know, the opportunity to use real life people is right there in your face. I mean, they, these were, in the Harper's Magazine article, these people who are in there, whether it be Linda May, Swanky, or, you know, Bob Wells, the three most notable ones. But it was such a compelling aspect that led to some serious authenticity. The fact that they used these, um, you know, non-actors, non-professionals, I'm not exactly real-life people. It was, it was yeah. su- it's such a strong point to this movie. Well, it, and if I will have anything to say about the film that might not be as glowing as I felt like Francis McDormand's performances with the, with real people felt stronger to me than when we had trained actors. Uh, there was something, there was something that felt very raw and very emotional when she was talking to her friends that she was meeting along the way or um, that, uh, what was the name? The guy, the name of the guy who had sort of had that, I don't think it's a commune, but that group that he that he it's uh it's Bob Wells his name. He's the yeah. head of the rubber yeah. uh, tramp rendezvous. Yeah, just such a powerful scene when he was talking to her about his uh, son that he had lost. And those moments, I, I felt like were sort of more palpable than when when there was sort of a, a really seasoned actor in there. Yeah. Well, I mean. For, for, for that one in specific, and, and we can even talk about another one. The, I mean, the reason uh, that really hit home, and uh, your, your, your criticism is, is completely on point there. That is, that, is a, that is a fact, I would say, not even a criticism. And, and, and the reason is that um, that was a real-life story from Bob. Um, he, he actually he went to 
Chloe, he was, you know, obviously brought in. He was a big part of the magazine article. This, you know, when he was doing the classes um, in front of, um, you know, the whole group that meets out there at the Rubber Tramp Rendezvous, that was pretty much real. That was him doing his shtick, the whole Ten Commandments of, um, you know, uh, stealthy, yeah. stealth parking and stuff, which is really funny to me. But he went to her um, three days before he was supposed to do a, a, a you know, kind of a one-on-one with Francis. And he told Chloe about his son that died and what it did to his life. And she asked him, you know, would you mind telling people? And at this point he told, but he threw out the number, like somewhat like 20 people at this point. And, and so he hadn't spoke about it because it's hard for him to speak about. And he goes, yes. And he went on there and it was deep. Cause I mean, I doubt there's no, that wasn't the first take. Cause he said he couldn't even get through words. It was just a puddle. But when he was able to get the words out, we got that scene and, that was intense, really great. And, you know, he, he actually, and this was great to hear, it was really healing to him. It was one of the first times he's actually come to grips with it doing that scene, which I love to hear. So much of what is powerful about Francis McDormand is her ability to be a great actor as being the person receiving information or listening or yeah. being the scene partner. And great point. she was, uh, and we're, we need to talk more about her performance, but just right off the bat, it, that's one of the reasons I thought that, that those mm-hmm. scenes were so powerful is because of her ability to really be moved by those people, not in just a dramatic way, but like she thinks they're funny or she's surprised yeah. by them or shocked. Yep. It, there's there's uh, there's just a, a perfect performance here in her ability to relate to these real people who she may never see again in her life, or maybe she will, but as an, a- as an actor... I mean, what she was able to, I wouldn't say bring out of them. I would just say compliment to them and, and assist them. It was beyond, really, really strong. As you're, as you're saying that, I'm you know, I'm just going through scenes in my mind, and not just this film, but uh, through her career. She, she is so stunning on the reaction takes, on the, the, the response takes. It's really, I could see her smiling and laughing or, or just earnestly listening i mean the other scene that was that was pretty intense um uh you know that that within this realm is the one with linda may and she was kind of um telling how she you know thought about ending it at some point and she i mean that was something linda may what uh really went through it was another authentic situation and then again with um swanky's the third one she's the one what a this scene really got me when she was talking about how she's ready to pass because, you know, she's like, I just thought, found this so beautiful. She was a kayaker and because she saw certain things in nature that was just so, you know, she saw all these just, just beautiful things in the natural world that, 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 that made living enough. That made her life enough. That, that really got me. So you're right. Those scenes with those, you know, three, things it, it was it was really deep and in in part of that is because it was really real yeah absolutely um you know thinking about uh i i think you have to also i don't know get to know those like it wasn't acting you know she obviously yeah. had spent time with these people and and it was mm-hmm. and, and like there's just things that she did in this performance that stood out to me just when she was working at amazon and she would walk by somebody she knew and wave at them. That felt like 
that didn't feel theatrical in any way. There was just mm-hmm. no, there was no stylization to anything that she did. It all felt spontaneous, real, um, just human. And I, you, you see that all the way back to, uh, I know, I know she's been with uh, the Coen Brothers since probably Blood Simple. I think. Yes, but, that was her debut. Yep. But I mean, I'm thinking about all the way back to Fargo when you see that spontaneity in her performances yeah. of like, be, just like being shocked in a scene or being, you know, uh, reacting to small, minute, acute or uh, obtuse details in a scene. She does a lot of that here, and I really, I really loved how she felt like someone who you know is is trying to take on every job she can find you know oh yeah oh yeah it uh, it's you know it's you just mentioned it with the the amazon and just like kind of like it it felt like a window and just in in just to uh you know it, to just bring up the word again i'm sure i'll say it again and again into an authentic experience of life and um you know chloe talked a little bit about it in an article i read about the cinematography um, and and th- those decisions to to make it look as real and and like it's actually happening. Um, she, she you know used a lot of wide angle lenses and put as little space as she could between the audience and the characters, and so it just it really you know makes you kind of just be right there in in a major major way. And it felt like that. And and you were you it just it just it, it and, and you know what she lends it to that thing like i mean her she's just so perfect for this in so many ways i mean she is like um you know the almost the she's one of the biggest you know stars in hollywood when it comes to being like a gifted actress i mean she's a triple crown of acting winner she has two academy awards two primetime emmys a tony award i mean the films she has been in it just if you look at her list, they're stunning, and and just even if she's she's been nominated multiple times for, um, you know, um, not not just being uh, the lead actress but supporting actress as well, and and to me she's one of the truest artists in Hollywood, almost. So, but but like she is, you know, when she shows up at these award, uh, you know, uh, Academy Awards or, or Golden Globes or whatever. It almost feels like she is just visiting, like she's just kind of like walking through, and 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 you know she's just stopping by because it's 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 not her world. She really she she has been the anti you know Hollywood like Hollywood star for a long time. I mean the 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 authentic lines on her face tell you that, like the, how she's acted, and that's just makes her perfect for this. I mean, perfect for so many of these roles and these relatability because she. She has this authenticity that's just it, it actually is it is real. I mean I mean I read a great line in um a New York Times article. I forget who uh, uh, wrote the article, but uh she was describing Fargo as uh, the film that made her famous, uh, a condition Mc, uh, McDormand um, considered a fire to stomp out. It just wasn't right. her thing at yeah. all. And that's yeah. that's cool. Uh, I mean it, yeah it, we, she's someone who I think we we sort of underappreciate her because every performance she does no is, is at the same level, um, and uh, this is one where I don't think that she'll be underappreciated here. I'm, sh- I, nope. I'm fairly certain she'll be nominated for an Oscar <laughs> for this performance. 100%. But but will we will we really um, will we 
will that will we just take that for granted? You know, mm-hmm. uh, that's mm-hmm. that's sort of the point I'm trying to make. Yeah, yeah. She, I mean, her her greatness has been so subtle and so, um, you know, it's so it's spanning so much time. I mean, she won her first. Um, you know, Academy Award in 1996 for Fargo. And this is, and then in 2017, decades later, she won another one for three billboards. I mean, she's been doing this forever. This one, um, this one, you know, we mentioned how, you know, she, she, this was a, this is her project basically. And this, this is, I think some of her success in it and, and inserting themselves, she made this very personal and actually Chloe made her make this very personal. First off, when it came to, um, just her name Fern it comes from Fran and it's the way she looked at it is she this character Fern is how she envisioned herself if she were to hit the road so she kind of created this character based on her if she were to hit the road but um, you know Chloe kind of pushed her even further on this and and wanted you know to insert as much of her real life as she could at one point Fern um, proudly shows off a set of plates that uh that McDorm- McDormand's father um, gave her as a graduation gift back in the day. And uh, Zoe even cast uh, one of uh, McDormand's best friends as her sister just to kind of create, like, more of an authentic vibe there. There was, there was a few other things that aren't coming to mind right now, but, like... Is her sister they, they, an actress regularly, or was that sort of a... I, I think so. I think... I, I, okay. I think... Oh no no! Her, her sister was one of her best friends, who is an actress, but she's not. Okay. She's not well known. Yeah, but, um, she was, was great a lot in of the like, film. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of, and I think with even within um, Vanguard, which is the van, I think there was a lot of subtle touches that were bringing, you know, her world into it to just personalize the whole thing. I want to ask you a little bit though about, uh, you know, there was some some important scenes within a van, and you know, they. I, I was thinking of just challenges or opportunities within filming in a clo- close space or any thoughts you had on Vanguard. Cause it was, it was, it was an integral piece. And I know they spent a lot of time creating that cause it tells the story of her in a, in, in just a visual way. Well, it's uh it, there, there isn't any, you know, they, they film it very true to life. I mean, it's very dark. All those scenes are almost, uh, I sort of watched the film, with a with a a lot of daylight, I had the bl- blinds closed, but the scenes are really dark, you know. Yeah. If, yeah. if unless you're in a, a, which is another reason a theater would be ideal for this film yeah. because it doesn't, uh, they're not Full playing. Immersion. Yeah, they're not they're not giving you any uh, training wheels and turn. They want you to see this in the most uh, uh, perf- you know ideal uh, situation. But yeah, it, you really you really get a sense that this is sort of like. Her, I mean, it it is her her closest friend, you know, and uh, she goes through great links to save it, uh, you know, in the end. And um, as far as shooting, you know, I it, digitally nowadays you're gonna have a lot more ability to just have a have a camera in there and close quarters, and uh, I'm sure they did a lot of amazing things. But the film seemed to be shot very naturalistically all the way through uh with uh you know i i would imagine that they they used very very few uh uh lighting uh, you know artificial lights uh, seems like they would have just stuck with sunlight and really let let the natural uh weather conditions uh be 
Especially as it's, as it's super clear that as much authenticity was just the goal on every way. She, um, Chloe had a quote I really uh, like that I came across that, that um, you know, I always think I love world building. I love sci-fi. And that's, I always think, you know, any, you know, new, um, you know, uh, sci-fi writer, director, I love when they can create a, a novel world. I'm just so obsessed with it. But she had a quote that made me think about world building in a different way. And she goes, I think every film, every story, every character has a world that's authentic to them. And that's world building to me. And that doesn't always happen in big budget films. And I was just, I was thinking that I've been almost disrespecting the world building that takes place in these kind of very, you know, like real life stories. Because they are, they're they're creating a world, especially for for Fern or Fran in this case, where they, you know, uh, they, they put her in, you know, a situation that is real. But then they had to create her world within that real life world and kind of match those together. And it just, it's, that idea is, I don't know, it just had me thinking about what world building means. And it it, it can apply in different ways that I really haven't been thinking about. Where I felt that uh, world building was in our, when we learn about empire, the word empire sounds like a Mm -hmm. great word for a desert, for a town that's been deserted. Because yes. it really gives you that sense of what once was. Um, Definitely. But when, when she returns to what I would assume is her former home, where, where she it you was. Know, lived her, maybe her most uh, fruitful years or or, or not. Loved him. Yeah, it, you know, that to me is sort of the world building that I would get because we've heard about the past and now we're seeing... Uh-huh the skeletons of the past and the, the like, you know, what's left of it. And the fact that she could just walk into that house on, you know, unannounced because there's just nothing there was really, really dark for me. Really, uh, felt it, you know, which was intentional, but it, that was a, a hard moment for me as a film viewer. Cause I felt very like, you know, that, that brought a lot of emotion out of me. Definitely. To bring back what we were saying, I mean that is the fallout of uh, you know the the um, the Great Recession. I mean that was it, like she had a life there, and it, revisiting that life, you know, kind of made you think about you know why she's on the road and why she's searching, why she might be always searching because you know what what she's searching for can never be type thing. It's that would that was absolutely um, a deep moment and. You know, it. I, I one thing I found very beautiful about this film is that it, um, it, you know, it, it found all these people looking for reasons, and 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 it just it kind of came off to me, um, you know, as they're talking and, and and having some these deep conversations as as an ode to living your life to like really. You know, taking the reins and, and doing. I mean, um, I, she had a quote. My my um, my dad used to say, "What's remembered lives." I, I I maybe spent too much time just remembering, and so she would instead of you know she wasn't focusing on her living. Yeah. And so so you know that that's what they're kind of doing out there in the world, and it was kind of exciting to see them in these different jobs and you know at Wall Drug and just like all these different places. They're like 
they're really, it, you know, some of it's hard. You know, yeah. you realize how hard that life is. And some of it's so exciting. There was another quote that led me to, you know, thinking about all this. And it was about, um, I, I, I think it was Linda May. Uh, it could have been swanky. But it was about um, not wanting to leave their boat in the garage. Yeah, I think a driveway or the garage. Yeah. Like, take your boat out. Live that life. And, like, yeah. that's what a lot of them were doing. It was just like, you know, this, I am at the end of my road. I'm going to go out there and see what's out there. And that's really, really special. Do you think that, um, do you think that, uh, Fern's character was seeking or do you think that she was running? Uh, I was, I was a little, I, I, I felt like she was running. Um, I, I, I felt like, as she met these people, certainly some of them were trying to live the life that uh, of sort of seeking and, and finding things. But there did seem to me that, which I think is probably meant to be, but were, was there, was there, um, were they really doing that or were they, or were they running from making the life that they had as best they could, you know? Yep. Um, yep. Because, they're all they're they're you can't say they're not struggling you know and um more so more so with fern's character the idea for me was what is what 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 is her arc here where where does she change and is do we in knowing if she's going to find what she's looking for or is she gonna you know does she know what she's looking for i was yeah struggling with that as a person watching it for the first time i think two views you know repeated viewings might help me get a greater sense of her of her inner purpose um but i left i left this film unsure or 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 maybe selfishly feeling like she was running yeah well i it's and and i think that is such a great question kind of brings everything home and um uh, my take is that she was running the whole time but things were changing actually and i think uh her conversation with her sister where her sister was talking about how brave she always was and she was who she was and then her kind of you know come upon um uh, david um Strathairn's, uh character and seeing that he found a healing path and that you know it you know, he was where he needed to be, and that wasn't it either. And then her going to the plays. I actually, you know, this is just kind of, I'm just sharing kind of how I see it playing out. I think I think her running and her not finding her place now has her as a seeker. Meaning, yeah. like, I see her, he see, I, I think she was sorting a lot out and experiencing. I mean, I mean, when she was at the Rubber Tramp Rendezvous, that was her first time there. She, I mean, and yeah. she was talking to people who this is their world. And so she's learning and she's growing and learning this nomadic life. And is it for you? And, you know, and then kind of touching base with her old life. And, you know, now I, I envision her walking out into that world as kind of like a seasoned nomad and, and someone who, who is that person and, and is out there trying to just take life, at, you know, for what it is. You know, and, 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 and you know what? It's so I, I love your point from earlier because I just brought up David and I just want to touch on him because I think he needs it was he's, he's such a gem of an actor. And, you know, it's just it's amazing how much good work he's been doing through all these years. And But it is wild when you mentioned how 
you know, their scenes were cool, great and everything, but like it, it just it pales in comparison to to what we saw with those authentic actors. But he, you know, it it was he is such a special actor too, and he was he, a, he was a nice piece of the puzzle. Well, before I. Uh, respond to that i just want to say i love what you said about that she's searching but things are changing i just love that as yeah. a point uh, but getting back mm. to his performance yes he was he was really effortless and i mean that in the best way he was he was Definitely. just it, he he blended right in um i think my thought was like when w- you almost could have made this film with all real people and Francis McDormand. That was sort of my my thought about it. I thought that's what was going to happen. I knew so little. And when I saw him, like, oh, okay, all right. We got a little little something there. But the um, maybe my favorite scene, uh, not the most affecting. Honestly, I was crying when Swanky was talking about kayaks and Bob was talking about his son. But but, um, the piano scene um, with, uh, I can't think of uh, David's uh, character's name right now, but with him and his son at the piano and she's watching from the stairs, I just... That was to me the like just so gorgeous and like because I mean not only was the music great and the connection there great but I mean he found home and he found a happy yeah. place and he was obviously seeking and 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 you know it it was all it was all there the whole time and his story he found that healing that a lot of them are looking for there's a lot of you know people on the road this this is a story about grief too and there's a lot of people dealing with grief in their own way and searching for something the whole time but they're searching for healing and he actually found you know he he found that healing in some way he found a place that that was happy and that was it was showing you different spots of how this life can go and his went that way and and hers seems to you know be be undecided for up for us to decide or yeah whatever we think you know yeah absolutely i mean it you know the beat sort of goes on and we and it's our yep. interpretation of what, what what she's gonna find you know yeah you know what it, this really it's gonna bring it bring us home a little bit um yeah chloe's a, chloe Zhao is a star director the direction was in it beautiful the the editing was beautiful yeah it was perfect um, perfect and uh, we're gonna be seeing her again soon. She's been tapped for uh, a Marvel movie. She's uh, wow. She's wor- she's working on Eternals, is what it's called. Um, uh, it's 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 kind of out there because it's um, uh, people know about it now because it will boast the MCU's uh, first gay superhero and its first deaf one as well. I I can't wait to see it. it's the one that um what's his name Kumal is the one he's got all buff for. Okay. Um, and, well, it's uh, funny because one of the things I thought to myself uh, is so uh, coincidental, but I said, they, the, wh- whoever directed this should do like a Star Wars. That was sort mm-hmm. of a thought, I, you know, so I yep. guess they, I guess, yep. I guess I'm too late or late to no, the game. You, no, that, you were, but. you were, you were prophetic. Yeah. Perfectly, perfectly prophetic. Um, and I can't wait to see. I, I like that take. I mean. You know, they've always joked about Quentin Tarantino. I don't know if they're joking about doing a Star Trek or anything. Right. I, I, I love the idea of, of you know, bringing people in who understand the subtleties of, of human nature and bring them into yes. the sci-fi world. But yeah, um, I got to tell you, I, I, I definitely enjoyed this film. And, um, you know, I went back to back. I just watched Judas and the Black Messiah, which I really loved. And I just, you know what, this is, um, these, these are two things. These are, these are just movies. And like I know, so I hear so much, and I'm, this is um, you know, kind of a rant, but like you know it, that, you know, just all this love for television, and 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 I love it too, and of what they're doing, 
with, um, you know, it's just amazing what's happened to, to you know, the television, the, the episodic right. things have just been taken to a new level. But this could only be a movie. And it needs, like, this experience that, that movies can give you like this and, and make you feel and live in that moment. It's just it's just awesome, and it it was um yeah it was it was pretty it was pretty special. I, I I do have this fear that we're gonna get too comfortable watching movies like this at home, and yeah. giving and watching and sort of criticizing them on the turn or not criticizing but like our our, our thoughts about it are are purely based on having seen it at home and and Agreed. we're not thinking about these things as their intention was to be able to be seen in theaters and. You know, I felt that way about the Irishman. There's so many people that were like, "Well, I got up and 20 times," and you know, I'm like, "Well, you weren't supposed to. You're supposed to sit there in a large room with a bunch of people." And you know, I want to be hopeful, so let's just hope that that things change. And when we can yep. get all get into theaters, we're gonna say, "I don't want to see this at home. I've been at home for a year. I want to go see this in the theater." And yep. and I, you know, that's 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 what I hope. You put all your money Movies. in AMC and Cinemark because yes. yes. if five, if if fifteen percent of the people can get back into theaters, then they're gonna. It's gonna be a jump like no one's ever seen. So. Movies are beautiful. Movie theaters are beautiful. I can't wait to support my my local theaters. Mitch, this was fun, man. Thank you for Absolutely. taking the time to uh, talk about Nomadland with me. Thank you very much. Yep, and uh, everyone out there, thank you for joining the party, and uh, we'll see you all down the road. Somewhere tonight, she knows that I'm alright when I'm alone. Whatever's in the breeze will keep me company when I roll. Drifting away, I go. Osiris. This podcast is in the loop. The Legion of Osiris Podcasts. Osiris is creating a community that connects people like you with live experiences and podcasts about artists and topics you love. Get in the loop at osirispod.com.